Please stand for the opening prayer by Chaplain Joe Austin, Norfolk Police Department. And please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. Welcome, Chaplain. Thank you. Good evening, City Council, citizens of Norfolk. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our city here of Norfolk. We thank you for the surrounding areas and your hand of blessing and protection upon it. Father, that all of our men and women and citizens of this area, Father, look to you for their strength, Father, and for your guidance. We thank you for the work that's carried out here in the City Council and that we can do this keeping in mind your great commandment of loving one another as we love ourselves, and that we can do our work without partiality and without hypocrisy. We thank you, Lord, for your grace, mercy, and truth. We thank you, God, for your grace. We thank you for all that you've done for us. Amen. 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 I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Clerk, please call the roll. Ms. Graves? Here. Ms. Johnson? Here. Ms. McClellan? Here. Mr. Riddick? Here. Mr. Thomas? Here. Dr. Wibley? Here. Mr. Alexander? Here. The motion is to excuse Councilman Smeagle. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. The motion is to dispense with the reading of the minutes of our previous meeting. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Mr. Clerk, please read the resolution certifying the closed meeting. A resolution certifying a closed meeting of the Council of the City of Norfolk in accordance with the provisions of the Virginia Freedom of Information Act. Adopt the resolution, Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Uh, good evening. For the benefit of those who do not regularly attend our meetings, the procedure tonight is to first take up ceremony <coughs> items. Then we'll take up the public hearings, then the consent agenda, which will be voted on in a block. If any member of the council or the public wishes to discuss an item, it will be removed from the block and considered separately. Following the consent agenda, we'll take up the regular agenda items in order as they appear on the docket. Upon the completion of the agenda, we'll take up any new business to come before the council to address the council you should have registered outside of the lobby uh, prior to 7 p.m. When your name is called, please come to the podium, state your name and your address, and please limit your comments to three minutes. Mr. Clerk, we don't have any ceremony items. PH1. Public hearing one scheduled for this day on the application of the City of Norfolk for a change of zoning from downtown arts and design to open space and preservation on properties located at 134 through 142 West Olney Road and by a 6-0 vote, Planning Commission recommends approval. Mr. Clerk, Mayor Millis, here to answer any questions. Please call the roll. I have an ordinance to rezone properties located at 134 to 142 West Olney Road from DAD Zoning District to OSP Zoning District. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to get this uh, zoned properly. Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wilson? It's been a long time. Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. PH2? Public hearing two scheduled for this day on the application of the City of Norfolk for the closing, vacating, and discontinuing of a portion of Harper Street from the southern line of Woolsey Street to the northern line of Bruce Street. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. 
have an ordinance closing, vacating, and discontinuing a portion of Harper Street. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopting Ms. Graves. Aye. Ms. Johnson. Aye. Ms. McClellan. Aye. Mr. Riddick. Aye. Mr. Thomas. Aye. Dr. Wibley. Aye. Mr. Alexander. Aye. PH3. Public hearing three scheduled for this day on the application of the City Planning Commission for a text amendment to the City's zoning ordinance to require a conditional use permit, permit for development of 25 or more multifamily dwelling units in the following zoning districts, multifamily neighborhood, multifamily apartment, multifamily high-rise, uh, neighborhood commercial, community commercial, regional commercial, and Grammy Monticello commercial. And the motion, Mr. Mayor, was for this matter to be continued to the meeting of June the 26th. Motion is continued. June 27th. Mr. Clark, call the roll. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. PH4? Public hearing four scheduled for this day to hear comments on approving a lease agreement with S.B. Ballard Construction Company for the lease of city-owned property located at 700 West Brambleton Avenue. Mr. Kirk, please call the roll. have an ordinance approving a lease agreement with S.B. Ballard Construction Company for the lease of city-owned property at 700 West Brambleton <coughs> Avenue. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt Ms. Graves. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Uh, where is the 700 block? I was looking at it. What uh, property is it? Near the hospital. hospital. It's in connection with construction at the hospital. At EVMS. Okay. 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 I vote aye. Mr. Aye. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Mr. Clerk, C1 through C4 will be taken up in a block. <laughs> Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinances and approve the consent agenda. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Webley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Uh, Mr. Clerk, uh, R1 is a, a um, it's, it's on the appeal from our Architecture Review Board. Yes, sir. This is an ordinance to grant a certificate of appropriateness authorizing the installation of new vinyl windows on property located at 714 Raleigh Avenue and located in an historic district and the um, Architectural Review Board recommends denial on a 0-6 vote. Thank you. Uh, this item is an appeal of, of a decision of the Architectural Review Board regarding an application for a certificate of appropriateness. Our procedure for this item will be as follows. The city will present a summary of the application and the proceedings before the Architectural Review Board. Next, the person noting the appeal will present his or her case Several people may participate, but the entire presentation shall last no more than 15 minutes. Each member of the public who signed up to speak on this item will be then individually called and may comment on the question of whether or not the appeal should be approved. Each speaker's comments will be limited to three minutes. Following all comments by the public, the applicant will be given an opportunity to provide any rebuttal limited to three minutes. Following rebuttal and any discussion or questions by the council members, a vote will be taken as to whether the appeal should be approved. Mr. Newcomb. Mr. Mayor, members of the uh, City Council, this is an appeal from a denial that was presented to the uh, Architectural Review Board. The property in question is 714 Raleigh Avenue. It was built in 1904. It's a twin home just uh, to the uh, east of the intersection of Raleigh and Collie Avenue. The applicants bought the property in 2016. 
they proceeded to do renovations to the property. At that time, the original windows had been replaced in the house, and there were aluminum uh, dark windows in the property. They replaced all of the aluminum windows with vinyl windows in the adopted design guidelines for the, again, historic district, Freemason historic district. Um, replacement of windows requires a certificate of appropriateness, and it is discouraged to do wholesale replacement of windows. It's encouraged that they be repaired or replaced <coughs> with something that is akin to the original window. In this case, there are approximately 20 windows that were replaced. Uh, they are in a dark vinyl color. The um, Architectural Review Board met on this in December. They reviewed the application and they denied the application. The applicant then appealed that to city council and as the mayor explained the procedures that are required, um, I am presenting the item and will answer any questions you have and then the property owners will be allowed to come up and present their side of it. When you look at the certificate of appropriateness, um, when we start to do windows, if windows must be replaced, uh, they should be replaced with one that matches the original in design, material, size, depth, a reveal, button configuration, and profile, detail, and or color of glass and glazing. And uh, essentially, vinyl windows are deemed to be not appropriate for the historic district. Are there any questions? I have a question. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Mrs. Graves. Um, the purchase of the property, was it? do you know if the property was listed for sale? Was it an auction purchase? Was it... Uh, arm's length transaction, do you know that? I do not. I think it was in a receivership, but I will let them answer that question. Okay, and the um, windows have already been replaced. The original windows had been replaced. It's, it's a twin home, so there's two homes adjoining with a common wall. They both apparently had aluminum uh, windows placed in them probably at the same time. Don't know when that occurred. The house was built in 1904. Uh, at that time, it would have had wood windows. When the aluminum windows were put in, the windows had modest arches. Those were all encased and closed in. Um, so it, it had a whole different presentation. So it's one building, two residences, yes, and, and, and 20 windows for the entire two residences. We're only talking one. the left side. For the duplex. Okay. The, we'll they're separately owned. Okay. And uh, the other windows are still the uh, the replaced aluminum windows that were in there. Okay. So they're in essence asking for forgiveness. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Last question. If this if if this is denied, what happens? Is there a lien put against the property? Is there some kind of zoning something or another that put, gets put against the property so that if the property is sold, this has to be rectified before it's what, sold? What the, the intent would be to get the windows replaced with appropriate windows, and we would start enforcement action in that direction. Mrs. McClellan. Um, so... If you live in the historic district, as I do, uh, with a house that I purchased, I knew I was in a historic district. Uh, my house was circa 1905. We replaced all of our windows. They're wood windows. We went through the historic, uh, it wasn't um, the design it was review design at the time. Design review at the time. Yes. Um, it, when the, I'm, I'm trying to understand you know, what, why 
somebody, if my next door neighbor chooses to do this and says they didn't know any better, please forgive me. What, what if we were to grant this appeal, what would stop them from doing that? I mean, I, it's just a... Well, the windows are replaced. I mean, they're done. They're, I understand. And so I guess my point is, is, I mean, anybody in the historic district could go ahead and replace all their windows and then ask for forgiveness afterwards because they said that they didn't know any better. Well, the, that was exactly the concern of the Architectural Review Board was that you have a, a dis adopted guidelines, you have a process to follow. The process coming in and asking what windows would be appropriate was not followed. There was no application until after the windows were replaced, and then it was discovered in the community. We investigated and told them they needed to come through the process. They came in and represented that they had placed the windows in, uh, and um, there was a conversation. The property was acquired in December. As you know, we notify people every year that you live in a historic district. Our mailing was done approximately two weeks before they acquired the property. I'm not trying to explain that as an explanation. It's just a, a factual timeline. When when somebody closes on a property in the historic district, do they in the closing documents have to acknowledge that this is in a historic district? Is there anything along those lines that happens? It's my understanding that in the Ghent area, people will disclose that they're in a state and local historic district, and in this case, also a, a uh, I'm sorry, it's a federal state, and it's also a local. Okay. Um, to answer your question, Andrea, no. Know, to, to answer her question, no. Um, what is supposed to happen is if the seller knows that the property is in a historic district, they are required to disclose what they know. That's why I asked, how was the property purchased? However, Virginia is basically a buyer beware state, so there are documents that the buyer should have signed that stated that the buyer is responsible for doing their own due diligence mm -hmm. before purchasing a property. And when you have one that's built in 1908, Thing, you want to double check and make sure that it's not in a um, in a historic district. But there's nothing at the closing, but all of that should have been disclosed to them prior to, and then even at that, they're required to do their own due diligence. Okay, okay Dr. Wibley. Well, I think I've answered your question because what I when we established the Historic Preservation Committee, one of the things we established was that at any change of property in the signing of the um, agreement that would information would be transferred to the buyer. I'm not hearing you say that that's always in the closing. Am I correct? You're correct. Because we, I think if you'll look back to those, that work of that committee that at that point, am I correct? Lenny? No, it, you know, the intention is to make sure that everybody gets informed as well as they can. We do not close. It, it control. isn't as well as you can. It was well, mandated that if you closed on a property, you would be informed of that. I, I, we do not have the ability to control the closing of a property. Absolutely. What we did immediately was start to mail a yearly notice so that everyone would be informed, and we mail that in the fall. Right. Um, so I guess you can understand why yearly notices would not help. If somebody is informed in the fall, they buy the property in January, and they do a renovation in April. Well, yes, you're correct, but you also are aware that under, again, Mrs. Graves' comment, the traditional transfer of a property in Ghent is by a real estate company that's fully aware and they're very informative. 
we're required, Terry, if if we're aware, if, if there's a realtor involved, we're required to disclose that the property is in, his, in a historic district. The buyer is required to sign that disclosure that they know that. Other than that, there's nothing that requires the title company to notify the city of an upcoming closing. And the only time the city is going to be aware that the property transferred hands is when they go and they record the deed. At the time that they go and record the deed, if for whatever reason the buyer wasn't made aware of it, after they bought it, it's too late now because once you buy it, you own it. And it's still, Virginia is a buyer beware state. It is still the responsibility of the buyer to find out if they're purchasing property in a historic district. Okay. All right, Ms. Newcomb, uh, stay close. Thank you. All right. Um, Mr. Galvin. Uh, I actually, uh, my story may answer some of your questions, most of them. Please state your name and, and oh, your I'm address sorry. and I'm note sorry. that you are the, you are the uh, My name is Gagi Gavalian, so I'm the one who purchased the 714 Raleigh Avenue house. And uh, I'm here to present my case why we wanted to ask the board for forgiveness. So uh, what happened was the following. Uh, the house actually was on sale uh, in distressed condition. It was foreclosure. It was completely uh, destroyed inside and the windows. It was raining inside. There was no roof. And we purchased it on uh, December 31st of 2016. And uh, notices that uh, they were mentioned, they were mailed on 20th, if I remember correctly, of December. So we have not been notified uh, about this issue, that uh, we are buying a house in historic district neither by city of Norfolk nor by the selling company nor by uh, any of our agents we didn't sign any documents knowing this well obviously first thing we did is replace the windows and we tried to do our best to find best windows that will suit us without knowing that uh, there are guidelines to this and uh, we're given x amount of money to, to complete all of the repairs. House was in really big distress and uh, we did the best job we could. And then this issue came around, uh, I don't exactly remember, maybe in April. In April, somebody from the city notified the city appropriation board that uh, windows that we put were not, enough, were not appropriate actually for the historical district. And, and that's the story, the rest actually. You have more time. You um, you have more time. You have anything else you want to add? Or well, any other the, the other thing, I don't know how relevant this will be, uh, but uh, after uh, this issue, we walked around in uh, around our uh, near neighborhood and we took a lot of pictures, which I have here. I don't know if that's relevant or not, but most of the houses around us have vinyl windows, very few with wooden original windows. And uh, I don't know what will change if we only on a half of the house put <laughs> wood windows that wouldn't actually make a big difference if we were the only one i could understand the point so right, sir. Uh, mrs graves mm, uh, mrs mcclellan first so um, a couple of questions I, I i lived in a twin in uh, philadelphia uh, built in 1920, um, so I appreciate the idea of having that connected wall. But we ha we made a lot of repairs and changes to our house. It didn't it wasn't reflected in the adjoining. Um, that's that's more of a statement. I guess the question is, did you uh, pull a permit before having the windows replaced with the city? Yes, our contractors did. Yes, this is this is done through contractors. So did they pull a permit? Uh, we, we, did they they did the. I guess the question is, 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 permit required? 
is the does that trigger if there's a permit hold a notification of that you this is in a and let me try to say this as fairly as I can you hired a company to replace the windows right yes you, okay and we had the contract replacement yes. windows do Doesn't not require. require a building permit okay thank you under the building code of Virginia so there wouldn't have been a, a catch okay. on that end. Okay, we're trying to figure out if, if, if we if we've screwed something up, we want to fix it so somebody else doesn't have to go through this process. This was chain of unfortunate events that nothing in what we were doing triggered anything for them to notify us prior to us doing any work on these windows. So that's kind of uh, it. We are not against complying with the rules. It's just we up until. Uh, April, we had absolutely no idea that we had to do this. Okay, Mrs. Johnson. Um, you mentioned that there are other houses within the historic district that have uh, vinyl, vinyl windows? Yeah, yes. Okay, Lenny? Many. It happened before the district was created. Okay. It was before. The it was before. Okay. You know, there, the, the guidelines that we're working off of after the HAPSI committee okay. that were adopted very clearly stated that vinyl windows were not appropriate. There have been um, some replacements. The Architectural Review Board does not approve them. Uh, prior to HAPSI, there were some replacements that were done. Um, we get most of our information by observing the community or complaints that are given to us. And if we observe somebody changing a window, we will deal with them. Most of the window companies in the area, most, not all, are pretty quick to tell someone, well, you're going to have to go to ARB, and they're not going to let you use a vinyl. You need to look for a wood window uh, or a window that is, that is uh, vinyl clad with a wood window. Um, so, you know, you, if you're asking, are there others out there that have done this illegally or, uh, you know, inappropriately? I can't answer that. I imagine there may be. But it was prior to what is in place at yes, this point. Yes, and that's been okay. about the last five years since okay. HAPSI was closed down. And we've adopted our guidelines and have been rather consistent in the implementation of them. Mr. Gavilan, do you have any anything else you want to add? You have, you have more time, sir, or any other no, speakers? No, okay. Anyone else would like to speak on your behalf? I... I think I presented my case. Yes, sir. Okay. Everything that I need to say, yeah. All right, thank so, you, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm still unclear on one thing. Not yes. from Mr. Hapsey, but from Lenny. Mr. Newcomb. As to what will happen, what is the course of action that will happen to this property owner or this property if we do not vote in favor of letting him keep the windows? The the design review process is in the zoning ordinance. They would be at, at, you know, if you turn it down, we'll start a dialogue with them over the fact that the windows need to be replaced. If that is something that they're not willing to do, then we will have to take further action. If, I'm, if I may, I, Mr. I, Pisco. Think, I think it would be a zoning violation, uh -huh. and we would proceed to uh, enforce the zoning code, uh -huh. um, seek a judge to order the change, Okay. And use um, fines as an incentive to speed it up. Okay. It would be a, 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 like a code violation, okay. zoning violation, okay. zoning violation enforcement. Okay. I guess I'm trying to get at the point of it, there will be something attached to the house in a legal remedy that will not allow it to be sold 
before this can be it, it, remedied. It, it wouldn't prevent it being sold. But, but it would have to be remedied before the sale could, because you'd have a permit, you would have a permitting violation against the property, and that would come up in right. a closing. Right, right. Okay. Mr. Okay, Mr. McClellan. Um, Mr. Newcomb, I is there a, a similar circumstance that happened on, is it Colonial Avenue? Um, the house was on the corner of Colonial and Olney. I believe this happened about three years ago. A similar situation where somebody came in, replaced all the windows in act incorrectly, and then had to go and re uh, replace yeah, to, them. To date, anyone who has replaced windows and have been caught have had to replace them. In which you may be recalling, we had an apartment um, owner who had purchased 58 windows, vinyl, put them in a warehouse, and then found out that he needed to come through, came through and was denied. He appealed to council because they were custom windows. The houses in Ghent are not stock size. They were custom houses. And um, that applicant was ultimately denied and had to, when he did replace the windows, do it with an approved window. I, I, I think I'm actually referring to a different uh, of single family property, but same, it was a similar situation. Yeah, it, we've been it, this is not a, this is not it. a, this does happen on occasion. You know, the, 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 the first intent is to get someone to restore the original windows. Uh, if that's not possible because they've been replaced, then put something back that reflects that window and stays in the character of the original design of the house. Okay. Mr. Thomas. Uh, I don't have a question for Lenny. I do have a, a brief statement. Yes, though. sir. Um, right I spent a couple years on the Architecture Review Board, and certainly before my time, the HAPSI was created to rewrite Chapter 9 of the Zoning Ordinance having to do with the historic districts. And the idea was to protect uh, the integrity of those historic districts, which bolsters the value of those historic fit districts. Everyone who buys a piece of property there has some inherent value in that district because of the historic nature of those buildings. And the Architecture Review Board in Hapsi has done a lot of work creating the guidelines that they live by and we live by today. And, and, and those guidelines indeed do bolster the value of our historic districts. And, and, and some of that work that they do includes going to historic um, conferences, traveling to them, and having classes here in Norfolk where we're taught about different types of windows and the differences in the detailing between a vinyl window and a clad window and a wood window and how that affects uh, the, the shading and the, uh, the, the sun hitting it and things like that and why you can tell one from the other. And so uh, I, I think all of this is very important to know, for the public to know that homework has been done by the professionals on the Architecture Review Board to make sure uh, that the historic nature of our uh, uh, historic districts is maintained. Uh, and, and, and to this uh, certain circumstance, it's unfortunate, the timing, uh, but uh, as, as my colleague has indicated, uh, you know, we can't just let people come in and say, oops, I'm sorry, give me forgiveness, because if we do it for one, we'll do it for all of them. Well, this, the city has been consistent, as, as Lenny's indicated, uh, in its denial of these appeals, and, and I would certainly suggest that we do so today as well. Ms. McCullen. And just one last point. There is a, a, a good benefit from living in this historic district, other than the fact that we've got great houses and great folks, and uh, it's a great community, um, and that is that you're eligible for a 20% historic tax credit if you, uh, if you follow the guidelines and you have over a certain percentage. Um, I'd be happy to talk with you about that afterwards as well. Um, but that, that is a, uh, unless the house has been so uh, fully altered, um, then that might be the situation there. So, 
Um, Mr. Gallivan, please come uh, back. You have uh, three minutes uh, to address uh, or rebut anything that you've heard. Please take advantage of those three minutes, sir. Yes, so just referring to the fact that uh, we do agree what historic district is doing and we are fully on board with that. We understand all these points. It's, it's just unfortunate chain of events that brought us to this point that we were not notified. Maybe some better policies have to be put in place to notify people at the purchase time or immediately right after to prevent this ha from happening. Now, we are very, very overextended on our credit and this will be very big financial strain on us to, to change that, even though we would we understand why this is necessary. The second point, uh, we were also notified about uh, tax credits and also grants that you, you can do. And we went actually to Virginia uh, Association of Historic Houses and we showed all of our pictures. And unfortunately, we can neither get a tax credit nor, nor a grant on these grounds because house was completely renovated in 70s, has nothing historic inside of it. And uh, we showed them pictures, and uh, they essentially told us that we are not qualified to to claim anything historical about that house. So. Anything else you'd like to add? I think you have a few more minutes. If no, you... that's all right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Mr. Clerk, call the roll. Dispense with the charter requirement of reading the ordinance and adopt. Okay, Ms. so Reeves. can you clarify what I and no, yay, no. What the, What does that mean? I, I would uh, approve the windows, the certificate of appropriateness. No would um, not not permit the uh, vinyl windows. So, Mr. Okay. Mr. Clerk, if one wanted to vote against allowing the windows to stay, how would one vote? No. 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 Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Very good. All right. Okay. Thank you. No. Ms. Johnson? No. Ms. McClellan? No. Mr. Riddick? And I lived in a, a home that was built in 1918 by my grandfather. And um, as I replace windows, I do it with wooden windows because I want to maintain the architectural integrity. And uh, and because of that, I guess it's my more compassion because I, you know, family house 100 years old. And uh, I vote no. Mr. Thomas? No. Dr. Wibley? No. Mr. Alexander? No. Motion fails. R2? R2 is an ordinance approving a lease termination agreement relative to the lease between the City of Norfolk and Norfolk Stationery Company, incorporated for the premises located at 103 Granby Street. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R3? An ordinance to repeal one subsection of section 25-653 and to amend and reordain sections 25-650, 651, 653, and 54 of the Norfolk City Code 1979 so as to add one new left turn prohibition, one new U-turn prohibition, one new yield intersection, and 14 new stop intersections. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R4. An ordinance in support of the Regional Broadband Initiative appointing Councilwoman Andrea P. McClellan and the City Manager to the Regional Broadband Steering Committee and appropriating and authorizing the expenditure of a sum up to $100,000 as the city's share of the cost of the 30% engineering study for regional broadband. Ellis W. James.
Thank you, Mr. Mayor, members of the council, especially Dr. Whipley. Okay. He's got to be retired already. <laughs> Making up for lost time, right? <laughs> My name is Ellis W. James. I reside in the city of Norfolk at 2021 Ken Lake Place. And no, Mr. Smith, I haven't forgotten you. <laughs> um, this is a pretty simple item from my perspective. I can't think of two more well-qualified people to sit on this particular broadband steering committee that's how you got in. Um, Andrea has always done an excellent job on all these things that she addresses, and she works very well with many other people. Um, my favorite city manager is uh, showing his acumen and his excellence in conducting the retreat and other things that are happening. Um, but I think it's important for the taxpayers to indicate whether or not they would support the sum of $100,000 um, as the city's uh, share of the cost of putting forward the broadband project. Uh, I, as a taxpayer, certainly want to indicate my support for it because I believe this is a very important item. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, Mr. James. Mr. Mayor. Yes, Ms. McClellan. Um, thank you, Mr. James. I, I just, I think it might be helpful for a little bit of background for those who may not be aware of this. Um, for those who say that we don't work well together regionally, this is a, a project that would prove them wrong. This is a great project. Uh, Virginia Beach, Chesapeake, Portsmouth, Suffolk, and Norfolk are all participating. Um, some of those cities have actually put in more than their fair share. Uh, Chesapeake, for example, 250000 towards this engineering yes. project. And this is a project that could be transformative, I'm sorry, will be transformative to the region. Uh, this broadband ring will allow us to, uh, to provide uh, basically a highway, if you will, for other Internet providers to come in and use our highway to transport technology. We don't intend to become a municipal broadband by any means, but rather to create the infrastructure, which right. will hopefully also tap into those overseas cables that could really transform the area um, in terms of uh, uh, data centers, uh, data analytics, et cetera. So this is a, a very small down payment to a huge future for our region. I agree, and uh, thank you very much for your informative comments. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Welcome, Mr. James. Mayor, I, I just want to say I think it's wonderful that someone who still admittedly uses the post office and the phone book thinks that broadband is a great thing. I really do. So thank you, Ellis. And a happy Easter to you. <laughs> Mr. Clerk, <laughs> dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? 
Mr. Alexander? Aye. R5? R5 is an ordinance approving a license agreement with Zaxter Inc. for the establishment, installation, operation, and maintenance of bicycle share stations on public rights of way and on other city owned property. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R6. A resolution to adopt the emergency operations plan as revised. Ellis W. James. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Members of the council, Dr. Wibley. <laughs> oh my golly day. I, I used my my card up <laughs> thank you mr smith um jim i'm assuming is the one that we're talking about um this emergency operations plan was on full display um when we had 14 inches plus snowfall and Jim was there. I know I stopped by and tried to find out what his concerns and pro and projections were and so on. Um, I, I'm, I'm aware of the importance of this because I've been involved in trying to follow what he's done, but I also know from attending some meetings what he has done and accomplished, and I just wanted to do him the courtesy of supporting this particular change. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, Mr. James. Mr. Clerk? Adopt the resolution, Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R7. A resolution to inform the Department of Environmental Quality that the materials recovery facility proposed for 1525 St. Julian Avenue is not a permitted use. David Oakley. Thank you. Good evening. Good evening. My name is David Oakley. I'm from the law firm of Poole Brook Plumley. My address is 4705 Columbus Street, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Um, I represent Select Recycling Waste Services, Inc., and I'm here tonight to express my client's opposition to the proposed resolution. This facility falls within the city's zoning classification of a recycling, sorting, and processing center, a use that's allowed by right. There's never been a mandatory percentage of recyclable materials removed for, to qualify for this classification. However, this resolution the city of Norfolk is imposing for the first time an unknown requirement for a certain percentage of recyclable materials to be removed from the waste stream or else the city will call it a transfer station which requires a conditional use permit. Now I don't know what this new requirement is, what that percentage needs to be, does it need to be 20%, 99%, somewhere in between? I don't know because it's not in the, in the regulations from DEQ, it's not in the state statutes, it's not in the city ordinances. Um, Mr. Mayor, in a Virginian pilot article that was released today, you apparently told the reporter that the city attorney advised you that virtually everything that comes in the door must already be recyclable material to qualify as a recycling operation. 
And I ask you, have you asked the city attorney exactly how much needs to be removed and what is the authority <coughs> for this new rule? This resolution, it's a new reinterpretation of, the, of Norfolk's existing zoning ordinance. And I say it's a reinterpretation because the city has already decided this question. In August of 2017, the zoning administrator signed a certification that this materials recovery facility will not violate any of the city's zoning ordinances. He signed that written document without any conditions and without any qualifications because this facility is allowed by right. You cannot pass this resolution tonight because your own zoning ordinance, which you reaffirmed in January of this year, prohibits you from doing so. That zoning ordinance says that the zoning, or, or, uh, the zoning administrator's written interpretation shall be binding on subsequent decisions under this ordinance by all city officials. So that includes city council. If you pass this resolution tonight, you'll be unlawfully invalidating the zoning administrator's prior interpretation without giving due process. Finally, I take issue with the way that my client and its owner have been defamed in the media. He's a business owner that wants to do business here, he wants to bring jobs here, and he wants to pay taxes here. Mr. Mayor, you were quoted today as saying, what Meeks is trying to, dis trying to disguise a transfer facility transfer station as a recycling facility. I think that's underhanded. Um, Mr. Mayor, there's been nothing underhanded by my client. They openly sought certification from the city that a materials recovery facility is allowed by right. They openly applied for approvals from DEQ, which acquired not one, but two public hearings, both of which were advertised in the newspaper. This has been an open process. The operating manual has been available for inspection at the library. Is this how business is to be done and uh, business owners are to be treated in the city of Norfolk? A council that changes the rules as they please and bl blames the business owner who followed the rules sir, for not being forthcoming. Thank you, Thank you Mr. Mayor. I'll answer any questions. We have no questions for you, sir. Ellis W. James. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. My name is Ellis W. James. I reside at 2021 Kenlake Place in the city of Norfolk. I admit to a bias here, um, <laughs> and I want to be sure that you understand what I'm talking about. I am concerned about the question of the permitted use. But I also have had recently an issue with the Department of Environmental Quality, in, at which time, two Mondays ago, I went and gave public comments to a meeting that took place at DEQ in Virginia Beach. The gentleman who chaired that meeting has been recently in the news and walked away from his job. Now, what does one have to do with the other? There are moves afoot to create an environment, no pun intended, that would address some of these very important issues, such as this particular project. 
And I would hope, because I have confidence in my city council and my city manager, I would hope that those things that have occurred under Mr. Dowd's jurisdiction would raise a red flag and give us pause as to what the objection by the gentleman exercising his perfect rights uh, has to the resolution itself. I am very concerned that we not be thrown overboard by someone seeking a certain goal and project if it's not permissible in the city of Norfolk. I think we should stand by our officials and our city manager. Um, if you know something that I don't know, Mr. James, yes, your time is up, sir. I I would appreciate you letting me know. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, Mr. Clark. Adopt the resolution, Ms. Graves. Um, before I adopt the resolution, I just want to say I appreciate all the community support on this. And um, once we were made no, made aware of it and having um, the community support and their input as well as that of my colleagues on council, uh, I vote aye. Ms. Johnson. Um, Councilwoman Graves, I agree. Thank you to all of the, the citizens of Norfolk um, and Super Ward 7, our colleagues here on council. Um, thank all of you who did what you thought what what you needed to do. We really appreciate it, and I vote aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. I have two additional items, Mr. Mayor. Mr. Clark, go right on. Uh, the first is numbered R8, and it is a letter from the real estate assessor requesting confirmation of the appointment of Ms. Aaron Fox to the position of real estate appraiser 1, effective July 5, 2017. Uh, and the motion is to confirm the appointment. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. And the next is numbered R9, and it is a resolution appointing or reappointing 40 persons to three boards, seven commissions, and one committee for certain terms. Adopt the resolution. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. That's all I have, Mr. Mayor. Thank you. New business, uh, Reverend Yvonne Delk. My name is Reverend Yvonne Delk. I reside at 40 Raider Street, Unit 612, Norfolk, Virginia. And I want to speak to the issue of um, the recovery facility. I am a minister of, one of the ministers of the New Macedonia Christian United Church of Christ, and we really oppose the plans for a solid waste facility in our neighborhood. Our church is located at 1426 Marshall Avenue. Our pastor is the Reverend Patricia Ricks, and the Iron Globe factory is located directly in front of our church. I speak not only as a minister, but as one who was born and grew up 
1305 Cary Avenue, which is directly across from the Iron Grove facility. At the time I grew up, it was a residential area, and it was the place that we called Community Field. And it was a place where Booker T. Washington High School played its football games, and Jay Cox Junior High School had field events. I even saw movies there before television. And it was a recreational center because it was the home of the Battling Palms, where baseball was a recreational activity. It brought life to our community. As we understand what is being proposed, we want to have a facility, or we want that space to be used in a way that builds and renews our community. So we oppose a solid waste facility, and we oppose it on five grounds. First of all, for us as a church, it's a spiritual and a moral issue. It's a spiritual issue and because we believe that life is a gift from God and what we do with our lives is our gift back. To allow a waste facility to take up residency in our midst is to diminish our lives, not to value our lives. To allow a waste facility to take up residence is to devalue our homes, our churches, our schools, our properties. But more than that, it devalues those who live in the community, a waste facility. We are persons of dignity, and we deserve resources and buildings and, and parks and community centers that lift up the community. To allow a waste facility to take up residence in our midst is a sign and a symbol that we just don't matter. And we say, no, we deserve better. We oppose it first on moral and spiritual grounds. Secondly, we believe it's a class injustice and in that the company has chosen a location for a waste facility in a working class community as if people who work every day do not deserve to be surrounded by the best that life can offer. Third, we think it's an issue related to racial justice and that the chosen site is an African-American community sending the, the sign to those of us that our communities are suitable for dumping grounds. And to add insult to injury, it also surrounds four churches, our sacred ground, our sacred space, where our children, our youth, our adults, our families come every Sunday and through the week for activities. Fourth, it's an environmental issue in that it creates an atmosphere of toxic waste where the air that we breathe and the smells that are around us and the rodents that will be attracted create serious health issues. Finally, we say it's a transportation injustice. It creates safety issues as trucks move in and out on a regular basis, not only destroying the quality of our streets, but creating safety issues, congestion issues for those of us who have to drive every day or ride our bicycles or even if we want to walk in the neighborhood. So we say no to this facility. We say no to it on spiritual and moral ground. We say no to it because of class and race issues. We say no because of environmental issues and transportation issues. But more than anything, we say no because we want the very best for our community, not that which degrades our community. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend. If we hold another press conference, we want her. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Jeffrey Smallwood.
Good evening, council members. My name is Jeffrey Smallwood. Uh, I live at 931 Limestone Arch. Um, and I come also uh, speaking about this trash facility uh, proposal in uh, this community. Uh, like Dr. Delp, uh, I am also a member of uh, New Macedonia Christian United Church of Christ, where I serve as a deacon. And um, I'm also a Norfolk lifetime resident. I grew up in this same community. Uh, and I, too, as a child, watched this area change from uh, an athletic field uh, and prosperous area to a construction site of uh, Globine Construction and now being proposed as a trash facility. And I, too, am appalled because uh, the area that is putting it in. I also speak as a property owner uh, in this particular community. Um, and so as a property owner and uh, I have a, a, a valued interest in my property uh, devaluating because of what is being brought into the community. Now, if you look around this community, there was a process started by the city of Norfolk to revitalize this area. And so a lot of new housing is going up, which is very nice. I like to see that. You've got a new school that's been built in this area. Uh, a library, a lot of stuff, and then all of a sudden we throw a trash facility. Um, I cannot uh, speak, I think uh, Dr. Delft uh, spoke on all of the concerns that we have as a church and as a community, uh, but I would say to anyone that would want to bring a facility like this, build it in your own neighborhood. Uh, to to the, the attorney, uh, Oakley, let him put it across the street from him in Virginia Beach, where his children can be uh, around this particular facility, or Mr. Meeks, let him take it to Portsmouth, uh, where his uh, businesses is or, or, or are, and, and, and try that, you know, rather than bring it to our community. Uh, we don't need it, and we don't want it. That's all I have. Thank you, sir. Eddie, Eddie met me. My name is Eddie Matney. I reside at 375 Dorwin Drive, Norfolk, Virginia. At this time, I would like to ask the seniors from the Ocean View Senior Center to please stand and be recognized. Thank you. <coughs> Mr. Mayor, City Council, and members, thank you for your personal dedication in serving the citizens of Norfolk and allowing us to express our concerns about eliminating one of the two existing senior centers. To my knowledge, the Ocean View Senior Center was constructed by and for the military, the Navy, as a USO, prior to being gifted to the city of Norfolk some 72 years ago. The city and residents of Ocean View have used the building as a disaster staging site, a hurricane storm shelter, and as a community center. Today, it is the Ocean View Senior Center with two 501c charity, charitable organizations attending and working with city staffing. 
the Ocean View Senior Center Advisory Board, and the 60 Plus Club, with a membership of over 200 volunteers. Their weekly meetings has an attendance of 60 to 90 members every week. The volunteers make it possible to have Meals on Wheels program at the center. This is no cost to the city event, providing lunch for city community seniors, elderly and disabled, and with fixed incomes three times a week. The volunteers pay for the monthly birthday events. The volunteers pay for the quarterly dinners. Over the years, volunteers have furnished the public address system, including the four large speakers in the social hall, the card tables, the, torn, the cornhole boards, the bingo cards, supplies and prizes. Volunteers working with the staff make social activities like needlework, quilting, line dancing, ballroom dancing, acquired to visit the sick and shut-in, book clubs, exist exercise and fitness classes, walks and bike rides, park picnics, support group meetings, and the list goes on. Medical volunteers come to the center to check seniors, elderly, disabled, and those on fixed income for high blood pressure, sugar levels, cholesterol levels, and eye exams. Volunteers and city employees striving to improve the lives of seniors, elderly, disabled, and those on limited income in the Ocean View community. The Ocean View Senior Center with all their volunteers has and still is a great asset meeting the needs of the Ocean View community. Without community support through volunteerism, there is no community involvement. No community center, just another public-funded center. 1916, one of the charter members of the National Community Center Association is credited with the following quote. A community organized about some community center for its own... Am I out of time? Go, sir. Finish your thought. Go right on, sir. <laughs> I just got started. All right. Social welfare and expression. To peer into its own mind and life, to discover its own social needs, and then to meet them whether they concern the political field, the field of health, of recreation, or of industry. Such community organization is necessary if democratic society is to exist. The Ocean View Community Center and the 60 Plus Club was in place in the early 50s when the national, state, and city focus was to build public housing projects with their own community centers. Then HUD was established as a cabinet level office in 1965 and the federal government started moving from public housing projects to relocation of the elderly, disabled, and those needing affordable housing into communities. From a national viewpoint, it has been successful. However, relocation alone did not bring success. Success has came when community centers and volunteer groups provided services for those in transition. The federal policy, percentage of all new housing projects using HUD funds, must set aside affordable housing units and federal grants to the Norfolk Redevelopment and Housing Authority has produced great benefits to the city. 
However, the policy has increased the services required by community centers and volunteer groups. How will 150 apartments, one, two, and three bedroom units increase the demands on the Ocean View community? With an occupancy rate of three per unit, the density in the Ocean View community will increase by 450 individuals. The HUD requirement of one-third set aside for affordable housing is 50 units or 150 individuals needing HUD assistance. Mr. Madden, I'm going to ask you to, uh, if you could just draw it to a close, and I'm going to give you some uh, assistance uh, as soon as you draw it to a, a close. The Ocean View Community Center is a model the city should embrace and replicate not eliminate. City employees and volunteers working together to improve their community. Additional city guidance and support at the community level is required, not bus tickets to move the seniors, elderly and disabled and low-income individuals to different communities. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Mr. Madden, before you go, uh, let me just uh, say that I and Andrea and I, uh, we both have been out to the center. I know Tommy has as well. Really enjoyed being with you, uh, the programming and the events and the planning and the meetings and just the, the camaraderie. I mean, it is contagious. Uh, you have something very special there. Um, I do want to ask maybe Winter or Bob Batcher if they would meet you uh, when you leave because um, I, we will go ahead and reveal to you what we're proposing uh, in our upcoming budget. And I believe Mr. Batcher or Mr. Bender could probably give you a little sneak preview and you, you may be pleased on, uh, to hear what they have to propose. So Mr. Bender is there and Mr. Batcher is sitting behind you. Thank you, Mr. Matney, for coming. Thank you. Can I make one reply? Yes, you can, sir. We have been proposed or to us that we will be relocated to the Wellness Center at Ward's Corner. Mm -hmm. And that initially, those individuals will be given bus tickets to move from Ocean View to the Wellness Center on a daily basis. The Ocean View Senior Center has over 250 volunteers from the community. Yes, sir. You take that out of the community, you lose the community involvement when you take out and do away with the center. Yes, sir. That's the proposal we have heard. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. Uh, Linda Atkinson. The City Council of Norfolk and its Honourable Members. Our names are Lee and Linda Ackerson and we live at 1140 East Ocean View Avenue, Norfolk, Virginia. We are here today to speak on behalf of the members and visitors of the Senior Centre at Ocean View Avenue. They are scared that their centre will be closed before finding a replacement. This Senior Centre is a lifeline for many of the seniors that attend, including myself, 
This senior centre is much more than just a senior centre. There are so many activities, including, to name just a few, dancing, music, games, crafts, bridge, nutrition, and clubs that seniors and friends can participate in to benefit their health and mental agility. It is a place for fellowship and to many an extended family. If this senior centre in Ocean View Avenue closes without finding a replacement in the area of Ocean View, it would be a major, major loss and something unique would be gone forever. It would cause a great stress to many of the seniors that attend as they would lose the lifeline and fellowship of this extended family. We are hoping with all our hearts that the City Council will hear our plea and find us somewhere in this area before the lock is put on the door and we lose this senior centre in Ocean View. Thank you for listening to us and please, please, please help us by finding us a place to carry on what has become a family of friends and fellowship. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you both. Irma McClellan. Irma McClellan. Irma McClellan? Yes. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I see the family resemblance. <laughs> My name is Irma McClellan. I live at 110 East Westmont Avenue in Norfolk. The Ocean View Senior Center means a lot to me, mainly because I have no family here in Virginia. It's a place for me to go and talk with people, do things, travel, and enjoy a sincere hug. When I was told I had cancer, I walked from my house on Ocean View over to the center and I spoke. Um, I sat and I talked with Miss Connie. After a while, um, you know, she calmed me down and I went across the beach, across the street to the beach and I sat and I watched the ocean waves. That made all the difference for me that day. The Ocean View Senior Center serves not only the Ocean View community, but many of the surrounding communities in the area. Some members come from as far as away as five points. Demographics show that the senior population in Virginia is expected to almost double by 2030. Services for seniors need to be increased, not decreased. Since I've been coming to the center, in Ocean View, I've seen a significant increase in use. I've been in Virginia for three years. We all want to keep services in our community that are easily accessible to our seniors. Many of them, many of them walk to the center. I walk on a nice day. It's about a two-mile walk there and a two-mile walk back. We thought that we would be getting the bank building on Ocean View which um, would have kept services in the community. No one ever came to tell us why we didn't get it. I've recently come to find out that um, Mr. Councilman Smeagol has been telling the civic leagues that we turned down the building. No one ever, we never did. We are seniors. We are residents of Norfolk. We pay taxes. We vote. 
please don't disenfranchise us. Please replace our senior center in Ocean View. Thank you. Thank you. Judith, <laughs> er, Judith. Good evening, everyone. My name is Judith Orr. I live at 1325 Hullview Drive, which is four blocks away from Ocean View Avenue. I am opposed to the removal of the Ocean View Senior Center from the Ocean View neighborhood. For generations, city council members and city managers have felt it beneficial for our community to have a senior center in the Ocean View area. Now we hear that our city of Norfolk wants to do away with our center permanently after all these years. I can understand the need for the city to make money off the sale of desirable oceanfront land and the taxes that will be generated from the new development. I also realize the money that will be saved from maintenance and upkeep and utilities on that older building. What I don't understand is why the city decided to take away a center in a growing area without any input from the citizens who live there and who frequent the center. All of this has come as a surprise to us seniors and has been the talk of the neighborhood for about a year continuing to now. We were first told by city officials, including you, Mayor Alexander, not to worry and that a place for us would be found within our neighborhood. Later, we were told that we would be moved to the Commonwealth Bank building. This was a surprise also, as no one had ever been told about that plan. After we insisted on representatives from the center taking a look at the building, suggestions were made on how it could be renovated to make it work for us. After all, it was built for a business and not a senior center. No one from our center ever said that we did not want that location, as Mr. Smeagol has said. No one from the city ever asked us about that. I repeat, no one from the center ever said that we did not want that location. In fact, we all thought that the city would go ahead and approve the changes needed to bring it up to code and that we would move there in time. It was an enormous surprise when at the Bayside Civic Club meeting, I heard Mr. Schmiegel say that the center would be likely merging with the Prime Plus Center. Later, when I told the 60 Plus Club about that, the members were shocked. A lot, and I mean almost everyone that I have talked to at the center, does not like that idea. They feel that the city is taking the easy way out and does not want to pay to renovate that bank building. Frankly, they feel betrayed by the city. Many say that they do not care for the Prime Plus location and that it is cold and uninviting. Personally, I would utilize this center the Prime Plus Center, but the vast majority that I have talked to say that they would not. This will create a larger population problem of isolation, which is what I feel the city does not want. 
I believe that by not consulting with your seniors, you have made a huge mistake. And in order to get back on track, you must commit to the promise to keep the center in the Ocean View area. And short of building a new center, that means renovating the bank building and not selling it to an outside concern. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Ludris Miller. Good evening, everyone. My name is Lourdes Miller. I reside on 107 Lafayette Avenue and been a resident in Ocean View for 35 years. I speak, my seniors here have all said what I would want to say, so I would be very, very brief. I want to represent the veterans that we have. I am a veteran myself. I'm a widow. We have a lot of widows. I'm one of the younger seniors, and I've done nothing but in the last four years since I've been a widow, been a very, very active, one of the very um, many um, active volunteers. That's how we make things happen, as you all know. You all have positions, but we also know that without volunteers, whether young or old, all right, nothing is possible, nothing moves without volunteers. Our oldest senior member will be 100 years old this year. We have got five that I know of that are 92 to 96 years of age and are all active. They dance, they shoot pool, they participate in the Senior Olympics, which is all coming very, very shortly. And I hope you all come out and join us there because we have a lot of fun, for those of you that are seniors. Um, so again, I'm going to be very, very brief, but one of the things that we did do, because we were afraid, we were afraid, and all we want is a facility somewhere in Ocean View so that it's feasible for our seniors that are not able to drive um, to get to the location. And, and again, like I said, there's been some mention of probable places, but we have not been told. We've only read and heard uh, from newsletters and heard from other people that have their civic league meetings, okay, with uh, with with their their uh, friends and family. But anyway, um, that's basically what I'm going to say, and everything else that I was going to say has already been said. But I thank you for your time. But we have already started a petition, only because we are like, please support our endeavors as seniors to try to have a facility in Ocean View where everyone is comfortable. And I mean, we're still, you know, I mean, we're, we, we just want that. So please consider that. Thank you. Thank you. Teresa Fuller. Ms. Fuller. You take your time. My name is Teresa Fuller. I reside at 5821 Chesapeake Boulevard. I am one of the concerned seniors to keep uh, the center here in Ocean, a center in Ocean View. I 
recently came here two years ago from California under very, very traumatic experiences that I had gone through. And I came across a sign saying Ocean View Senior Center. And I thought, my goodness, I need something, some place to go to, somebody to talk to, somebody to be with, people that cared about their community. And I went, and then it's been a real lifeline for me. I am one of those low income, one of those disabled seniors that doesn't have a car that can't get around. But the senior center there has, and the people there and the staff and everybody have just been amazing. The center gave me this place to go in Ocean View, a, a place that was made peace within me and people to talk to, friendships and, and camaraderies. And they have, they've said just about everything that I would like to, to have said myself also. But I'm also representing the, the other half of the disabled and the low income and ones that can't get around and do things. And I wanna thank you for hearing uh, and I'm hoping and praying that we get a center in Ocean View like we were promised. <laughs> a center that's in Ocean View, a community that cares about everyone, everything, and Norfolk. And I wanna thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Mayor and council members. All right, thank you. Uh, Danny Lee again. My name is Danny Lee again. I reside at 3844 Dare Circle. I want you all to write down this date because what I'm about to do uh, has never been done before in the decade I've been coming here. So I want you to pay special attention. Um, last council meeting, um, I was tremendously emboldened and, and, and tremendously impressed by what went on in this this chamber. Um, I have been uh, ranting and raving for years uh, in order to ask you to communicate and to talk with people. And what I saw last uh, council meeting uh, was tremendously uplifting. I'll give you a few examples. You had a, a gentleman come up here. He was very frustrated. I'm not quite sure why he was frustrated because you had purchased uh, a restaurant and it was gonna be torn down. Uh, it was one he enjoyed to go, to enjoy the beach and to bring his family members when they came in. You listened to him quietly as you have in the past. He sat down and then Andrea McCullen addressed his concerns saying that in turn, she wanted him to enjoy the fine beaches we had. She wanted him to have a place to be able to bring her fam his family so they could have a couple of beers and watch the ocean. Uh, it didn't solve his problem, but it addressed his concern. I said, wow, okay, that's pretty good, but maybe that's just a fluke. Then the gentleman uh, came to uh, Mamie Johnson. 
He was a developer. He wanted to develop a, a nice building, uh, but Mamie uh, has a, uh, a pet peeve, which I adore, and that is that she uh, establishes, if you're going to come into my ward and you're going to build something, you're going to talk to the Civic League. You're going to have the input from the people uh, in my area, and they're going to have to say, yes, you're not going to be, okay, just build it because we can take some uh, tax money. The gentleman came up here. He didn't get everything he wanted, but he made a little bit of tweaks here and there. The Civic League lady got up, and she supported him. She didn't get all that she wanted, but they came to a meeting of the minds where they were both satisfied that a nice building was going to be built and that both had an input into the system. So, whoa, maybe that's a second fluke. Then two older gentlemen got up here from Ocean View. They were in the twilight of the years. They worked their whole life. They lived down at Ocean View when nobody wanted to live there. They fished and they crabbed. And all they wanted was a place to launch their boats. Lo and behold, Tommy Smeagol came up and said, guess what? By April, we're going to have a place where you can launch your boat. You can go out, you can fish, you can crab, you can enjoy uh, our beaches again. And he had a solution, and they went home. And then lastly, you had an African-American gentleman come up here. He was extremely frustrated. He had made mistakes, as we all do. He had a, a, a police record, but he couldn't get an identity card which was puzzling to me. I'm a middle-class American. I could get an identity card, but he couldn't. And instead of just sending him off and saying, we'll do the best we can, um, Kenny Alexander and Teresa Webley both addressed his concerns. They referred him to where he could get help. They, in turn, uh, said that there were certain programs, and uh, they tried to point him in the right direction so that he could be given a second chance. And yes, Mr. Riddick, I do believe in people getting second chances. And I think if we can help this gentleman, this will be excellent. So in turn, um, it was the first time that I was really emboldened. You communicated with the people. Uh, you talked to the people. You opened up to the people. And um, I commend you greatly for it and continue that uh, it's a change that I have not seen in a decade. Thank you. Thank you. We do um, need to record this, yes. Mr. Mayor. So, we so, have to. Uh, Mr. Henderson, will you please come forward? Mr. Mr. Henderson, please come forward. Uh, Mr. Uh, again, this is the gentleman that you were referring to. I'll let him give you his testimony. Okay. Um, <laughs> good evening, Mayor Alexander, council Hello. members. Glad to see you back tonight, too, Ms. Graves. Thank you, sir. Uh, Mr. Smeagol, go on, though. But, uh, I just want to, um, oh well, I'm Robert, Robert Henderson, and um, I reside on Southside, um, Craig Street, Berkeley. And uh, you was talking about Greenies. That's the place on the beach. Mm -hmm. The older gentleman was talking about Greenies last week. Right. And um, I just wanted to thank y'all for the assistance that y'all provided for me and the help and guidance. <clears throat> as far as, you know, getting reintegrated into society. And... Um, just when people work together, good things happen. You know, I've been afforded a chance, and I'm not going to let y'all down because it's like we all invested in each other, regardless of what level we are at. 
You know, it's, it's like I feel good because I felt like the top reached the bottom and felt the bottom, you know. And uh, at the end of the day, we're all human and we all deserve uh, a chance to really live, you know, and be able to uh, provide for our families and, and you know, uh, assist in our communities because that's what I do. Um, my passion is helping the youth not make the mistakes that I made coming up. And I'm a living example that people can turn it around. You know, but it take all of us working together. And I just want to say I really appreciate y'all for the assistance y'all gave me because now I'm employed and uh, I start work next Monday with uh, NRHA. And I'm going to do my part. And uh, it, it was tough, but, you know, I just kept my, my focus and it wasn't easy. I just kept my focus on God and, and, and kept my spirits stoked, you know, just being around positive people. And Mr. Riddick was a great, a great help and influence because on the side, he was all the time talking to me, Mr. Abbott, Mr. Uh, Rogers, James Rogers, uh, Pastor Houston, uh, Mr. Peel over, just so many people, you know, just motivating me, you know. And that's why at the end of the day, I know God put us all here for each other. And I, I just, I just thank y'all. And, um, Mayor, I, I give y'all all the credit in the world. This, 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 this city council we have right here is one of the best city councils I can remember. And I stay involved in the community. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. You know, and I, I just, I just, I just, Miss Whitley, <laughs> you're just a motivator anyway. And I heard a lot of good things about you. <laughs> Make me really want to get to know you more, you know. And how can I be a help? Because y'all sure help me. And anytime anybody need, need me, I'm, I'm saying I'm there for y'all just like y'all was there for me. And I know I can help this city grow even more because I'll be out and about while y'all be in having the house business and the community business. And y'all doing a great job, believe me. You know? And uh, only, only one thing, it's not my business because I'm from Southside now, but as all that's living in the community, <coughs> That trash thing they were talking about, because I'm originally from Huntersville, but grew up out Camp Stella. Y'all put y'all invested too much money and got that part of town looking real good. And if there's anything like the Berkeley, the, I mean, the Camp Stella Duntwood, you might want to rethink it, because them seagulls are going to be everywhere. Turn cars <laughs> up. But uh, also, um, a friend of mine, Mr. Fields, oh, let's pray for Mr. Banks, if any of y'all know Mr. George Banks from over Berkeley. Mr. George Banks, he's kind of under the weather and ill right now. So I appreciate if y'all keep him in your prayers because he's, he's a good man. He's a good man, a good mentor. And he's a stalwart in that community over there. But um, I, I just want to thank y'all again for your assistance. As a neighborhood advocate, the, community, the communities are on the move in a positive manner. And the community that I am speaking about is Berkeley. Someone told me to leave that message when I just left a civic lady meeting. So they're over there working right now. Thank so you. thank you all for everything. Thank you, and I, I just appreciate it. And uh, Be well, sir. Be well, sir. We'll keep Could you, you come again too. next week? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll probably be too tired You're the best news we've got. Because <laughs> yes, when you have a dandy, I mean, yeah, it's like, what? Yes, I'll probably right. be tired. Thank, thank you so much. Deborah, take care. Thank you. Deborah Crawford. Thank you, Mr. Gibbs. Such a cute guy. <laughs> Good, evening. Good evening. Good evening. My name is Deborah Crawford. I live at 
1321 West Tannis Creek in Norview area. I am here to represent um, St. Andrew's homeowners because I'm kind of frustrated right now. <laughs> um, you have to forgive me because um, I'm kind of blind and I need to try to read what I have on my paper. And we're governed by, we are governed by a board of directors. My problem is racial discrimination and no transparency in our neighborhood. We have investors coming in our neighborhoods taking over our finances that are supposed to be used for our neighborhood. And the board of directors, UPA, which is our management company, and our lawyer has St. Andrews at bay and not answering any of our questions for study that's taking our money. The investors is a majority as a majority in our neighborhood when they're supposed to be a minority. We as homeowners are the minority. We can't get any answers through our board uh, or anything. We, uh, as homeowners, we have no authority or say so when it comes to votes that affect our neighborhood. What I know is, what I want to know is what can we do as homeowners to take back our neighborhood? Uh, is there any laws that protect us as, as homeowners? I am asking my city council to help me or point, or point me in the right direction uh, to, to, to remedy this problem. Uh, Michelle Johnson, who's our neighborhood uh, development. Michelle's behind, she, she's behind you. See Michelle, um, Miss Crawford, she's in the back with her hands Hands, her hands are raised high. Yeah, there she is. See Michelle and uh, I maybe... call her office today too. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, you have her tonight then. Okay. Uh, no, no, I didn't talk to her. I just call her. Okay. Well, there she days. is. Thank All right. You see Michelle. Thank you. Yes, okay. Thank you, sir. And I really thank, appreciate that. And, and thank you for, for your coming. Time. All right. This is in. Uh, this concludes our business. But I do want to acknowledge that on yesterday, one of our members celebrated a birthday. Mm. And she's sitting down. Um, Trying to be incognito. I celebrated my birthday with Mr. James Rogers. I did. Uh, so Andrea and James, we wish both of you a very happy belated birthday. I wish right. you many more. Thank you. All right, we'll adjourn.